We are underway. G'day guys, welcome to Talking League, we're a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host TK and I'm here with the boys, ND. Hi TK, hey Josh. Corby. Hello boys, how are we? Good to see you both. Now we're going to be continuing our uh, teams today and we've got none other than, uh, if I can hit the button. How bad is that? They go, that is- where premierships belong. They've never won the comp. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. That's probably my worst, my worst one. They spent all the money on Tino and Fafita. Sorry, Corby. I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, Andy, your jokes would have been better. Than- <laughs> <laughs> Titans invest into a new team song. But, guys, today on the show we've got Jamal Fogarty. He'll be joining us shortly. But before with that, please head over to social media for daily player and team analysis. Facebook and Instagram, you'll find us at Talking League Pod and Twitter at Talking League One. Please also share the show with your family and friends, and thank you to everyone that's left us a review on on Apple Podcasts, and if you can continue to do that, if you haven't done so, we'll be very, very grateful. Now, the Talking League Fantasy and Tipping Comps, that's open now. It's a $500 cash prize for first place for both comps, and is free to enter, so just head over to TalkingLeaguePod.com for more details, or also, all the info is also in the episode notes. All right, before we get to Jamal, a regular segment on Talking League during the season will be Punters Club. They'll be on the Thursday show, which we will give you our best multis. And I'm not that much of a punter, but I'll have a crack when I know these two boys are very, very good and regular, <laughs> regular punters. But tonight we'll start with the Indigenous All-Star game. So, Andy, I know you're keen as you've been looking at it all day, so I'll let you kick us off. Oh, this has been my favourite segment for the whole season, I reckon. Hold on, before you do, I've got a little, we've got to play the little punters club song. When Ooh, I haven't heard this jingle. No, no, it's just the same one. As, oh. <laughs> it's got to go to the dollar in there, mate. <laughs> Uh, I've gone for a nice little little easy settler to start my run. Okay. So uh, all stars, I've, I think all, all stars are going to kill it. It would be Latrell anytime. Ooh. Uh, David Fafita anytime. Mm-hmm. The Wrecking Ball. And Indigenous minus five and a half. Wow. What's that? that? That's What's paying the total? $8.25. So look. I might. I don't know how much I'm going to put on it yet, but uh, I've heard. I've heard a little bit about Corbs's. <laughs> so you just tried. To, there is no research about this at all. You have just tried to top. The research Corby. is basically what I've been saying the whole preseason. Oh, Garfield. <laughs> Corby, take over. Uh, I have been looking forward to this segment also. I oh, was very on. excited to see the try scorers. <laughs> Sorry, try scorers come out. I've gone Indigenous All Stars for the win. And then I have gone Cody Walker for Indigenous All-Stars and Tarpany for the Maori All-Stars. I think it's going to be very free-flowing. Last two years they've had this game, lots of points. There was a couple of key men taken out of the Indigenous team and the All-Stars, and I just think it'll be yeah, quite loose around the middle, and that's going to play into the hands of my two boys who are very um, eyes-up, free-flowing footy. Okay, nice picks. 30, $35.50 if you don't mind. Jeez. Sorry, I think I caught – what did you say yours Mine's was? Mine's only $8.25. $8. He's definitely going to win. All right. I'll let, I'll let my stats and let my uh, money bank be the <laughs> the research there. All right, I've got a little three-legger. Now, I've got Indigenous All-Stars. I just think they've got a better team. So, we've gone head-to-head just to – if I don't get any up, at least I've got one, you know. <laughs> but anytime, 
Jordan Ricky because I'm a little bit in love with him and I know that I'm going to select him in our draft on Saturday and then when he smashes for feeder, I'm going to give it to all of you guys <laughs> and he's going to score as well. And then Jesse Ramian, I've tipped him to have a huge season this year. So I thought, why not? She's a sharky, so I'll get behind him. There's no actual logic to this at all. It's going to pay twenty one fifty. So, well, we'll be all just we'll all be together watching the game. So if Ricky scores, I'll tell you what, TK will not shut up. The whole I, just, I just hope someone doesn't draft him before me. So yeah, <laughs> hey, talk him up. Someone might. Yeah, but if you like that, guys, yeah, talking league hotline oh two eight four zero five seven nine four seven. Ted, you've gone missing, mate. Where are you? You're hiding. Let us know if you back us too. Nah, I ain't joking. He's texted me a couple of times. He's going to be back. But, guys, let's get straight to it and let's catch up with Jamal. All right, joining us on the line is Gold Coast Titans halfback, Jamal Fogarty. Jamal, welcome to the podcast, mate. Nah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, mate. So, first things first, you went on a bit of a camp. Now, you were telling me it wasn't an Army-style camp. It's a get-to-know-you camp. So, for the audience out there, give us a few insights on some of the boys and maybe a couple of the funny boys. Who's, who's someone that surprised you? Yeah, so it wasn't an army camp. It was just a, a camp um, for connection and getting to know one another on a, on a personal level um, and away from football. So it was quite refreshing. We went down to Mantra on Salt. Um, had two and a half days down there. They, they took our phones off us. So um, at the start, it was a bit different. Obviously, not being able to have your phone. So it's kind of forced guys to communicate with others and have more conversations. And then, um, you know, we, we'll play cards and you'll, you'll be talking and getting along. Um, really well and then some of the boys will be playing ping pong or if you sort of weren't doing both you'll sort of sit around and, and watch or just have yarns on the side or be like oh let's go get a coffee let's go get an ice cream so it was, it was quite refreshing and then um, obviously you sort of see funny sides of of people because they're on their phones and um, someone like Phil Sammy you know he sort of just goes about his work yeah. at training just sort of does does what's needed and but because he didn't have his, have his phone and um, you see a different side of him. I, I found him really funny, and you know he was he was making me laugh a fair bit down there. Same as um, Brian Kelly and a couple of other boys, especially because I know like someone like Brian, he doesn't have a whole lot of sugar. So at, at breakfast and lunches, they had orange juice on on tap. He'll have a glass of orange juice and be all hyped up. Or if we go get an ice cream before bed, you know they're like little five-year-old kids in the candy store all hyped up on sugar, so it was pretty funny. <laughs> Mate, Brian Gell- Kelly, he's a gun. When he went back to centre at the end of last year, he really ripped in. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can produce this year, Jamal. Yeah, I think BK deserved um, the Paul Broughton medal at our club for the best player at our club. Obviously, he had a shaky start um, to, to last season and sort of got his, got his stuff together and you know, by the end of it, he, he was unstoppable doing some crazy things for us and um, was a massive part of our winning success at the end of the year. Definitely. Now, Jamal, you came in late last year. You came in in March, so you missed the kind of preseason and all the all the tough training. But, mate, how's it been with your full preseason straight under your belt? How are you feeling? No, it's, it's quite refreshing. Um, you sort of forget how, how tough they are on, on the daily basis and um, just little habits that you lose. Um, obviously, I haven't done one for a little while, but just eating – consistently good foods all the time and keeping your hydration up, making sure you're getting a certain amount of hours of sleep. So mm. when I when I first came back um, last year, we sort of had a mini pre-season, and I think that's probably what kind of put me in good stead um, for last season. But this, this pre-season, I've had, you know, four days a week for the last couple of months. So the body's feeling good, and I'm, I'm feeling quite um, fit at the moment and healthy, but... 
doesn't matter how much fitness you do in the in the pre-season, you come round one, you're going to be fatigued at some stage. Yeah, Jam- so, Jamal. Hopefully, we're doing enough. Jamal, the back end of the, your season was just amazing. You know, you took your game to another level. That round, kind of eleven to twenty mark, it's just something, just a comfort in there. Your ability to just take the team around. Your leadership qualities were obviously very, very obvious. But was there a moment for yourself where it was kind of like a game changer in the season? Like, what what took you from a really good player to that next level already? I think um, not having the preseason made it hard. Like you said, I went there in March. I didn't, like, I kind of know a couple of people at the club, but mm. not really good relationships. Um, so then coming in late, it kind of made it a little bit hard for myself to build relationships and for the, the guys in my team, coaching staff, to build relationships with me and have trust in myself and trust that my teammates know that I can do the job. So, at the start, I was kind of just learning every training session on the go, like learning what they wanted to do, learning relationship-wise with other people, where they want the ball, how they want the ball. Um, so at the start, it was just a, a process of just putting in time. And then I think, you know, obviously that mid-season, you know, we sort of had a little bit of confidence, a little bit of belief mm. within myself firstly, but then also the belief from the coaching staff and my teammates to go, you know, this guy can do a job for us. So just having their trust and their respect sort of, you know, makes you want to play a little bit better and put it put it all together for your teammates and your, and your coach and staff to repay what they've done for myself. So I think it was just not having the relationships at the start to making relationships throughout. And then by the end of it, you know, it was kind of like clockwork for us by the end of the season. Definitely. Now, mate, Ash Taylor and you combined brilliantly. And then when AJ came back, that spine just went to another level. Can you tell me a little? Talk to me a little bit about the impact that AJ has on on how you and Ash play. Yeah, well, I think um, someone like Ash is he's so skillful and, and he he plays off the cuff. He sees things um, differently. So I think me me coming in and sort of just organising the middle, just sort of let Ash when you want the ball, mm. however you want it, you just take your opportunity if you see something. So he, you know, he was doing that with, with his experience and with his skill. Um, and, and his speed. So I think just him being able to focus on himself first and then helping his edge and helping out our middles later on got the best out of him. And then someone like AJ, he's, he's pretty much the exact same as Ash. Very skillful, just raw, top-end speed. And I think just that ability to, to create something out of nothing for both of them, for Ash and AJ, and I think they sort of they relished that role and they, they took their games to new heights. So, you know, full credit to those boys for... You know, being consistent and, and putting in the hard yards obviously took a knock for confidence in those early stages, but for them to, to stay in the fight and finish the year they did, you know, that, that's awesome for those two boys. Yeah, definitely. Mate, at the start of the season, I saw Ash in a cast, and also AJ's obviously just come off his surgery, but he looks like he's running. How are the boys looking for round one? Yeah, so AJ obviously had his little foot operation, so he's still doing a bit of rehab and half with the group, half rehab and... Ash obviously had a bit of wrist surgery and the and the hips and he, he's he's running and pretty much doing majority of the session. So I think it's just um, up to the coaching staff and physios to ease them back into it to make sure that they're fully 100% right before before making a um, decision to throw them into full sessions. But from my opinion, they're, they're tracking along pretty well and they're doing everything they can to tick the box um, to be playing. Nice. Now, mate, we've heard plenty of raps about this Toby Sexton, who's obviously backing up both yourself and Ash in the halves. What can you tell us about his pre-season so far? 
Yeah, I think um, Tobes is um, he's, a, he's a really good game manager with an awesome kicking game. Mm. He's only young, obviously. He hasn't played cup or anything yet. He's kind of straight out of school last season. Um, but, yeah, just, just smart. Game management's smart. You know, he's probably one of the better young kids. You know, like someone like myself, it took me you know, a couple of years to find my, find my balance and find that confidence within myself. Whereas I look at Toby and he's, he's got that now. Um, and to be training, you know, full-time NRL, the Intra Super Cup this year would be, would be awesome for his confidence because, you know, he's got silky skills, a great kicking game, and, and he's, he's a pretty big body as well. So um, I think there's good things for Tobes um, coming in the future, that's for sure. Definitely, man. Now, mate, the excitement around the new signings, mate. Tino, Fafita, Herman SASA for a halfback, mate. You must be licking your lips to play behind this pack. Yeah, obviously to have those guys come into our squad and um, bring their X factor and, and what they do really well to the squad. Obviously, um, what we did at the back end of last year, we can't you know, forget about that. What well, you know, the hard work that we put in to to get those results. So you know, that's that's our baseline. But to bring good quality um, X factor and experience into the squad's obviously going to make us a, a better team. Um, and, and everyone's everyone's sort of thriving because there's so much competition for spots. So I think it's getting the best out of everyone. And we all know what what Dave and Tino and Big Herman and um, Sammy McIntyre and Paddy Herbert can do. So it's it's healthy competition. Definitely, mate. One guy back into the season again who was ultra impressive was when he got to start, Tyrone Peachy, when he moved into that middle position, just really just added again another element to what was already a great spine, just really freeing both yourself and and Ash up, has he still been trading, training in that middle position, man? Yeah, Peter's been doing the same same um, role as what he did last year. I think he sort of falls in the category with uh, a bit of Ash and AJ. You know, he's just got that X factor. You're not too sure what he's going to do. He's always on edge when he has the ball. So I think for us, um, you know, he's a massive threat in the middle or wherever he plays an outside with, with some big boys around him, so uh, Peach, has, Peach has been going really well pre-season. He's, he's looking really fit and um, he's running fast, which is great signs for the club. Good stuff, mate. Now, goal kicking. That was a slight issue last year. Ash kicked at 66. You kicked at 60, but new signing, Patrick Patrick Herbert, he's got a career record of 75%. Is he likely to be taking the boots now, man? Yeah, so we've got a bit of a um, goal kicking career. Obviously, our stats from last year, you just rattled them off there, were poor and pretty awful to be fair um so we've been doing a bit of goal kicking um post our big running running sessions on a tuesday friday under a bit of fatigue and uh, we've got a couple of sharpshooters within the squad so uh, i think that's that's another area of good healthy competition you know obviously patty's patty's got a good strike rate uh for myself to get back into a rhythm and try and kick consistently at training um and once once ash is um, allowed to do a bit of goal kicking, he'll jump in there as well. So we got me, Paddy, uh, Ash, Tanner Boyd's been kicking really well, training, Toby Sexton and Jaden Campbell. So we've got a good crew there and we make it competitive. So uh, I think it's just whoever's got the best um, connection and composure will probably get the gig. Yeah, nice one. Now, mate, with all this talk about Cameron Smith partic- potentially joining you guys at some stage, is, is it hard to ignore? Is there been heaps of media at training? How's that all been kind of playing out? Uh, to be fair, it hasn't even been brought up at training. Uh, we're okay. just getting on with our job every single day. Um, obviously, the hierarchy at the club, recruitment and coach, um, 
you know, that that's their side of things um, to worry about. But us as players, we, we don't know what's going on. We're just ripping the train in every session, um, just preparing for the season with the players we got. Obviously, if he does come, it'll be, you know, one hell of a um, player to come to our club. But, yeah, we don't know anything about that. We're just getting on with it. Awesome. Now, mate, just a couple more to just wrap things up. The first one, who's the strongest pound for pounders at the Titans? Uh... Greggy Mazu, he's um he's a centre right. His numbers, yeah, he's, he's an outside back, centre winger. Uh, he, his numbers are ridiculous. I think he bench presses like one ninety, squats over two hundred, and deadlifting two hundred plus. So I think he's the, he's the King Kong in the jungle. And then there's a <laughs> couple couple boys just below him in um, Paddy Herbert. He's he's pretty long, strong. Um, tenor Boyd, he, he's up there. Corey Thompson. Um, I'm not too sure who else. In the fours, obviously we train um, backs and fours in the gym, but they're the guys that are pretty pretty strong from the outside backs. Now, Jamal, I don't want to embarrass you, but mate, you've got incredible arms. I need to know what's your arm routine because I need to fix mine up. Uh, I, don't, I don't do any arms whatsoever. I just do the program that um, our high performance team put together, and, and that's in just just have a crack at it. Wow, so, just good to do. No, 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 no secrets there. <laughs> I thought you'd be doing it four times a week with those. Mate, you're giving Ryan Madison a go for his money, mate. Nah. nah <laughs> no curls to me, mate. <laughs> Maybe that's the secret. Last one, Jamal. Who would be the fastest over 40 metres at the Titans? Oh, I think um, I'm going to have to go AJ. He's just he's, he's too fast. Uh, he, he goes from standing still to full sprint mode very quickly. But then... Um, We've got a young guy at the club who plays winger in Loffie, Country at Piera. So okay. um, he's very similar to AJ. He goes from standing still to full full speed sprint within you know one or two steps. So it's, I think AJ, but then Loffs is definitely pushing him. Awesome. Well, mate, final question. Congratulations on the Indigenous All-Star selection. You're pairing with Cody Walker. This is going to be pretty amazing to watch. Just having looking both at teams, such strength across the the park. But talk to me about the excitement of uh, lining up in the All Stars weekend. Yeah, obviously it's um, very exciting time for myself, and um, you know, getting getting picked in the squad for my family and and to represent the club. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to jumping in the camp. Um, I'm going to try and learn as much as I can off Cody and, and Jack White, and obviously they're. They're the best sixes in the game going around, so I'm just probably going to be asking them a whole lot of questions on where I can improve and what areas they can see um, and what they're looking for on the on the field. And obviously with, with the back line, it's just um, for myself looking at it, it's just raw speed and, and talent. And it's kind of the same in the, in the back row and up front, with, especially with someone like David Fafita. You just don't know what you're going to get from him and just the X factor. And like you said, Peach played so well for us at the back end of last year. So him... Him in the middle, I think, you know, it's going to be a great game. But um, the Maoris, they also have a, um, you know, a pretty stacked team with, with very similar, you know. They're very, very skillful and got raw speed as well and, and um, big bodies up front. So it's going to be a, a good experience and hopefully we can put on a good game of footy. Definitely. Well, Jamal, all the best for the All-Stars. Really looking forward to seeing you kill it with the Titans this year. And thanks for spending a little bit of time with us this afternoon, mate. Really, really appreciate it. No, no worries. Too easy, bros. Gents, big three, and one of the new signings, David Fafita, Mo Fotowaker, and AJ Brimson. So three good ones, but we'll kick off with Dave Fafita, 710K, break-even of 53 
Huge ownership for someone who hasn't played a game at the time. Hasn't played much footy last year either. 28%. Corby, let's kick it off. Any interest? Yeah, big time. He's up there, only just behind Crichton and Madison. But I feel like I could just go the Crichton with the duel. But mm. I think he's going to be looking around that 60 average mm. at the Titans. Uh, the five line breaks a game, just easy points. He gets such big attacking points. Just will he be that big point of attack at the Titans? Because like, it was only really him at times and Stag at the Broncos. Yeah. I just think there's a bit more to share in attack with the Titans. That's the only concern for me. But he's he's a big one, and I would be looking at him in draft if I can that second or third round. Okay. Andy, any concerns about the injury that he had last year? Um, he did come back and scored very well after that. So I don't think I have a concern from him for okay. the injury. Um, so you're thinking around the same for drafts? Yeah, same, even higher than third round. I don't think he'll go that far. Okay. I think his pedigree from 2019 – uh, over planned over seventy minutes, uh, average over seven tackle breaks a game, massive, massive amount. So mm. one game, and also he did join the hundred club. <laughs> I want to fill a team full of hundred clubs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I hate about like doing the draft this weekend and you two being behind me. Like I penciled him in for my second pick, and I know he's <laughs> yeah. gone now. So I might as well start picking someone else. Hey, if we pick an edge, maybe we might not pick another one. So we'll see. <laughs> Let's move on. Mo Fodawaker, Andy, did some good work for you last year, but you know that impressive season, State of Origin squad member, 722K, he's probably outpriced himself a little bit, yeah? Um, look, not for me. I, I, I'm still on him, I think. Oh, no, hang on. Sorry. <laughs> no, I am off him. I, I just read me miss that set. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I, when I had him last year, I think he actually heard uh, he was on my team, so he started to play a bit better. But no, I think he has out, outpriced himself and also with the additions with the Titans. So you've got Tino playing lock, you've yep. got uh, Wallace starting um, and then also you've got SESE on the bench as well. So I think that there's too much talent of props coming around for him to sort of play the same amount of minutes. Yeah, I know we're all in agreement there. Let's move on to Brimson because you're a huge fan, Corbs, and I know you've got plenty to talk about. 667K, break even of only 50 Ownership of 15%, that's kind of high, but what's your thoughts around Brimo? Uh, I was looking at Clarkie's little piece on him, good friend of the show, mm-hmm. and he was saying that, or he reminded me that AJ's got a full preseason under his belt. That excites me. Mm-hmm. And then also the new rules also, I, I see them suiting his game as well because he's such a good support player and loves just getting in around, getting busy around the ruck. His attacking stats are through the roof, really good. Like three tackle bucks. Tackle br- bus again. <laughs> almost a. I'm just getting a bit excited about his stats here. He gets almost a try game. He's like 0.8. One line break a game. 165 meters gained a game. That's pretty good considering his frame. Um, but he's just busy. Yeah, I like that he's really busy around the ruck. And he sort of comes in now with that new um, new talk of Holmes maybe sharing fullback or drink where drink water at fullback. I think AJ sort of is in that mid-range now. With AJ Corbs, just the severity of the injury and his style of play, you know, that agile sort of play, moving around heaps, would you nearly consider maybe not having him from the starting classic and thinking that he might work slowly into the season and maybe picking him up maybe around five and six when you think he might be fully fit? He come onto the scene pretty quickly and his scores were pretty rapid last year after Mm. having what, 10 rounds off. So I don't think so. I think he's going to hit the ground running. Okay. Andy. Going off last year. I'm with Corbs. Um, I'm on the bandwagon, the AJ bandwagon. 
Um, look, even what you're saying, like the full preseason does excite me. Yeah. And look at the recruits they've got. You've got Tino coming. You've got Fafita. Imagine him just running off a Fafita tackle break and then, bang, line break. It's it's juicy just thinking about it. Yeah. And now you guys are going for Fafita. I'm definitely picking up Brim Brimo in the second round just to give <laughs> just it to, to you get, two. Get back at us. All right, let's move on. Uh, Jamal Fogarty, who joined us today. I'm a huge fan. That's why I've kind of stayed out of his big free talk because I want to talk about Fogs. Mm. Mate, I was really impressed with his interview. He did a great podcast this week as well just about his story. 666K, break even of 50. But tell of two halves, he really came in late and it was only because of COVID that he actually got a start. I was telling Andy today, he made the top 30. He was on a development deal. So if COVID didn't happen, he would not have been able to play until June 30. But that COVID extended the squads up to 30 and he got added onto that squad and Tyron Roberts broke down during COVID and that's how he got his start. So in our interview, he talked about obviously trying to fit in and learning the new players and learning the new players. So I think he's got that under his belt. First preseason, back of last, of last year when he actually did fit in, 11 rounds, 11 to 20, he scored 57 as an average. And in there, 331 kicking games on average in those 10 games, seven try assists, eight line break assists. There's just something about Jamal and his control of these games that I'm really liking. Originally, I had Flano, but I've downgraded him to Jamal because you can save over 100 grand. And I think here, especially considering Ash Taylor is back, only just back to training, I think he will take a lead hand and he'll score more than 50. I'm going to predict he's going to score 55 to 60. Any thoughts, gents? Yeah, look, I was against him before hearing that potty, before hearing that um, interview with him. Mate, like from what he said, coming in uh, late towards the season, not having a massive preseason, learning the training sessions, mm. I think that really, really just sort of lays out the line that he – once he did, he outscored massively. So, oh, I think he just seems oh, hungry, doesn't he? Just yeah, yeah. and he seems like just a real spoken, smart man. Yep. And I think that's just what a, what a half needs to be. And I think, like you were saying, we we're talking earlier with uh, Taylor and um, who else was it coming Brimo. out? Yeah, Brimo coming off a little bit gingerly, yeah. uh, in, injured into the season. He might have to step up even more just to start that Definitely. season. So, Corbs, you got anything to add or? No, I'm not really looking at him too much. I can see where your interest is, but I just see him as more of an organiser, and I think other people will steal his stats. But four of his last nine games, he did have those kicking metres up around the 400 and scored quite well, but if he's not getting those good kicking metres, I feel like he's losing just too many points for me to pick him. Okay, fair enough. We'll move on. Next one is Tino. I just wanted to ask, at the moment... We're getting a little bit contentious about whether to pick him up or not. I'm more kind of hitting a bit of a watch list now. 574K, very attractive with a 43 break-even. What's unattractive is his ownership of nearly 34%. Andy, you kick us off. What's your thoughts on Tino? Yeah, it's, it's, it's 50-50. Um, look, with him, uh, I did see something recently where he had seven tries last year. Mm. Uh, seven tries. Five of his tries were handed to him from Cameron Smith. Okay. So, and I think the sixth one he had a hand in it as well. So that's massive, massive points to get off just the, the Cam Smith. Well, he's going to have a different dummy half. Isn't so he? yeah, it'll so. be a lot different. And he, he might, might not. He might not. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that's he what, might know something we don't know. That's also the watch list, I guess. Yeah. No, Tino's in. Here in. Look, lucky me. <laughs> so he's got Mitch Rain at hooker uh, at Titans. So if he is a hooker there. He had zero try assists last year, so he's not getting anything from Mitch Rain. He's more of a just defensive player. Yeah. So yeah, Tino I don't, I don't... drove Cam up from the, from the Sunshine Coast back to his Gold Coast, make sure he's okay. <laughs> so I'm 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 leaning towards Trap. Okay, um, but yeah, I think 
the minutes he will see might get flux, flux rate with the forward pack as well. But, um, yeah, it's it's hard one. It's hard one for me. Hey, Corbs, in origin, he got three starts, right? So he averaged 39 yeah. from a 50-minute. How much, in comparison from origin to an NRL game, is it five to ten points? What's kind of like the difference would you put on a 39? Is that like a 49? Oh, they, they probably didn't get as many cheap little tackle busts and breaks in around the ruck in origin because you've got the, the such high-quality players. Yeah. Well, I don't think he is a trap. With the 43 break-even, I don't think you have a lot to lose. Like, you could gain a lot, but he's not really going to score too much less than that. So I can see why there's such a high ownership because the ceiling is through the roof. But then, yeah, he, he's not going to lose a lot with that break-even of 43. Yeah. Is he a trap, though? Because we're going to move on to Tyrone Peachy, who played the last five games in their five wins, and he started each game at lock. He scored 47 for 63 minutes. He's priced at 528K with a break-even of only 39, low ownership of 2.6. I know you want to take this away, Colby, but is that the trap that Tyrone Peachy, especially in that interview, Jamal made it very clear that Peachy's his man and – he made it note, especially when I tried to kind of move the the, the interview away. He brought him up a couple more times. Like, yeah, okay. I think that something's going down that Peach will start at lock, not Tino. I agree. I agree. And I also heard the words, uh, Peach is going to have that same role. So I think he could start at lock. I think Tino could be in the front row. Wallace hasn't been the coach's favourite. I know he's been a bit injured in the last few years, but mm. I feel Tino could be in that prop and Peachy just with these new rules, that lock is starting to shift towards his mould. Yep. So uh, 48 average at lock when he played last year, he's, yeah, he's a juicy one. And the big thing with him, he's got that jewel. So do you, yeah. see, do you see Tino not scoring as high if he's not starting lock then? Ooh. No, yeah, I, I see him starting at prop, and, yeah, I don't see him scoring as well. I don't think he'll get. So he'll get the, more than forty-two, but not but he'll as much. Still churn through the meters, won't he? He'll he'll probably just have a more of a kind of churn and a defense. He'll probably score forty-five because you'll think he'll get fifty minutes if he played front row. It just depends yeah. on that whole rotation of the of the forwards and the bench. But yeah, from that analysis, Corby, if if what we're saying might come true when he gets the thirteen and he plays and he gets around that forty-eight mark, forty-seven mark, he could easily be the center of the year. Yeah, I'm looking at him. If you guys don't get him in round four, he's mine. <laughs> Mate, Nathan's got him in round one. Well, what are you talking he's, about? He's playing the weekend, isn't he? He's playing? Yeah, he's playing lock. Yeah, so it'd be good to see he's playing lock. Yeah. So I think we're all in agreement there. I think Peachy's someone that's going right under the radar and someone that you should definitely keep a close eye on. You want a, a tick? Yeah. All right, moving on. And <laughs> we're going to go players on your radar. Now, Andy... You, you kind of ripped him. <laughs> your radar says Mitch Rain right here. No, no, yeah, look, just from hearing no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I did rip him with a try assist, but he still scored pretty decent. Yeah. I think it was, it was 60 minutes. Um, he, was, he played and he scored – when he scored over – when he played over 60 minutes, he scored 51 fantasy points. And, we're, like, we're, who's, who takes his hooking spot? If you've got Peachy – Oh, it depends. Really. Actually, look, scratch that. I've, I've, I've put that as – with Peachy on the third as – uh, 14th man, but if Peachy starts uh, That's even 13, better for you then. No, if Peachy starts 13, I reckon they'll still have Tanner Boyd there as backup hooker oh, okay. and half, so that sort of puts him down a little notch. Yeah. But if he still scores, uh, if he plays 60 minutes, he's he could be like a little bit of a, I don't know, he could be a bit of a player that you could put on the, put a bit of a pod difference. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a bit of a watch list because, yeah, if he gets the minutes, 
I'll, I'll have him in my team, especially because hookers this year, it's very hard. There's not that many hookers to pick to choose from. Yeah, Cobbs, he's pretty valuable. If you pick him up in the draft, let's say draft scenario, and you get him kind of around 9-10 to be your backup hooker, Yeah, it's a nice little pickup, yeah? He's a great pickup. And even if you went big in other positions, you could he have still him. should score that mid-40s, like 40 minimum, which is not too bad in hooker if you don't get one of the premiums and, yeah, opt to chase points in other positions. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Let's move on, boys. Guy I had was Brian Kelly, and I think he'll be the breakout centre of the year. We kind of talked to him about him in episode one, but at 464K and break-even of only 35%, has a little bit of intriguing stats from last year because he played 16 games, only 12 of them in the centres. If you take one game off where he walked off against the Doggies after 11 minutes with, I think it was a knee injury from memory, if you only have 11 games, his actual average in the centres is 40 and when they win, which was four times, his average goes up to 51, so quite influential. And that's not even with scoring that many tries. And when they lose, his average is 31. But somewhere in the middle, I'm expecting the Titans to win way more than they lose next year. So this could be a little bit of a pod for people. He's only at ownership of 3.2%, so he's flying right under the radar. But, yeah, boys, thoughts around Kelly? Do you think the addition of these other star players might take the limelight off him a little bit and he might lose a couple of points there? No, remember, you asked me what edge he plays on, and he plays on the edge with their biter, with Proctor. Oh, so he'll, he'll be seeing plenty <laughs> of ball. Corbs, any thoughts? Yeah, he'll, he'll be good. Those stats that you mentioned, I wasn't aware of them until you're yeah, telling us beforehand. That is, uh, that's crazy. He's... He's definitely one to, to pick in your team. What's he If you get him again? draft. Ooh, draft around sixth or seventh round, I reckon it'll be a good little center pickup, I reckon. Sorry, Andy. What was his price? What's his price? It was 500, sorry, 464 with a break even of 35. It's pretty so, low for, for a decent center. Mate, when you think when they win, they get 51, so lose 31, somewhere in the middle. Could average 44, 45 points. Could be another good center. Peachy and Kelly in the centers. Yeah, Only the Titans spend, duo. Ooh, big time. <laughs> Boys, let's move on. I think uh, actually, Corby. Sorry, I brushed you. Uh, you were having one to have a look at Paddy Herbert. He might goal kick by the sounds. Of what Jamal's saying, three hundred forty-three k break even at twenty-six. He has been seen around scrimmage, pretty much starting in all the the starting team stuff. So ownership at one point eight percent. What are you seeing, mate? Yeah, the the sharpshooter. He caught him. He he did rubbish the others for himself <laughs> as well. But they are rubbish. They're sixty percent kickers. I could kick better than them. He had, I'd like to stats, test that. <laughs> his stats haven't excited, but he's had little glimpses of like really good um, games. But then, yeah, he's had a couple of ordinary ones in there to bring that average down. He's still only fairly young. I think he's going to get a good crack at this Titans team full season with the goal kicking, which is sort of like a good little confidence booster because you know that you're on that starting team. <laughs> well, six to eight. Mate, he's going to play on that edge with Fafita too. Like, yeah, that's got to be a win because even if he's just, you know, popping off and just supporting Fafita, but even early ball, everyone, like, there'll be three defenders on Fafita. He'll have a clear path every time. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because how many times do you reckon <laughs> that they'll have a decoy, like using Fafita as the decoy run in that 20? Yeah. He might, yeah, that, you're right. He might get fed all day. Have you seen a photo he, of Fafita lately? His legs are tree trunks. Oh, I'm actually scared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's a bit, with, off, bit off topic with, by that. <laughs> with Herbert, though, like you might not start him at uh, centre, but he's definitely a good option for that emergency. No, nah, he's, he's, he's definitely on my watch coins. list. Yeah, he's definitely on my watch list. Boys, let's move on. I'm going to use a pun and pub sound. That's really just spice it up because we're looking at a few maybe little cheapies. Corby, you want to start with Herman S.A.S.A.? 
Yeah, I'm just worried about his minutes. He's Compare him to Alvaro. They have got good stats in the past that excite you, but if they don't get the minutes, and I just like his points per minute over the last few years, around that 0.95 in mm. the last three years. Crazy. So if he can get minutes, yes, he's just guaranteed. He's priced at 38 yeah. at that 503K price tag. Well, he should be in that top 17 call because he wasn't named in the reserve grade trial. Well, not really reserve grade trial, more like the fringe sort of trial. He's not in that team where there is a kind of other guys that were like right on that crust on it that, that were. So you'd think he's right in the mix for a top 17 for sure. He should be coming off the bench, I would say, mm. in the in the middle forward. If he stretches that 50 minutes at that points per minute of 0.95, yep. he's looking around the 49-50 mark. So Jeez, that, they're stacked, aren't they? Trying to find minutes because the guy I was going to bring up was Jamin Jolliffe. And he, the trust that he got from his coach last year, he started in 12 games out of 16. He used to be a Newtown boy, used to play for the Sharkies reserve grade team. He was really, really good the back end of the year. It's more of a watch, this one, because his break-even is 34 and 458 Ks. And I guess, boys, again, sharing minutes is going to be the biggest thing. But I think someone, especially for him, to gain the trust of his coach and start that many and get so many minutes last year in his first year of footy, he's just someone maybe in the back, especially with such a big season, a long season. He's someone I'm definitely watching. Did you see him play at all, Andy? I actually looked at his um, stats last year. I was about to pick him up because he was playing so well and actually Mm. pushing for minutes. But then he just didn't get enough or couldn't break that meal. There's 20 other players that was taking minutes from him, so I didn't end up doing it. But, look, if he does push for that time, like push for that minutes, then he could become a bit of a watch list player. Definitely. Um, if, especially earlier on, if he maintains that 34, maintains that 485 price, maybe a bit of pick him up if he lowers down a bit. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's it's a it's a different one. I've got no spice for Titans for me, really. It's just the Herbert, maybe, and Jamin, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, boys, that was a quick one, 18 minutes. We were kind of like on point. We didn't really gibber too much, but I've got a big announcement. We're the seventh top sports podcast in the Fiji, so big shout-out to the Fijian supporters. And, yeah, I think they're all, all one of them just somehow got us up the rankings, so thank you, Fiji. I didn't know I had seven Fijian mums. <laughs> I know. It must have been that time we went to Nandy once and just were nice to all the people. Just they knew Talking League was coming. Seventh best. Let's get it when to number the, one. When the borders open, uh, we will have a, a flight over and do a show live. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bulla Bulla. On the carver. On the carver. Bulla Bulla. Before we go, boys, repeat your multi for everyone trying to get rich this weekend. Corby, have you got yours in front of you? Yeah, I'm going Indigenous All-Stars to win at $1.50, then into anytime try scorer Cody Walker, into anytime try scorer Tarpany, Joe Tarpany. Cool. I've got Indigenous All-Star win head-to-head. Anytime, Ramian. Anytime, Ricky for twenty-one fifty. And Andy? I've got Latrell and Fafita anytime into Indigenous minus five and a half. Perfect. Well, guys, next on the show Saturday, we've got Christian Walsh from the Melbourne Storm and we'll preview Melbourne. But thanks for your company today. Please jump over onto social media, Facebook and Instagram. Find us at Talking League Pod. Twitter, Talking League One. Remember the cash prize leagues, the fantasy and tipping comps. That's open now. Just go to your playing guide or talkingleaguepod.com for more information. If you want to jump on the show, just like Ted did a couple of weeks ago, Talking League Hotlines 02-8405-7947. We would love to have your company. We're going to do a Q&A before the season starts and then regularly during the season. But, gents, good show. Andy, thank you. Catch you, TK. Catch you, Corbs. Corbs, thanks, mates. See you, lads. All right, we'll catch you next time, guys.